The current spoiler level warning is, deal. The current spoiler warning level is teal. Uh, it is perfectly safe for anyone who has kept up with the Great Gundam Project, aka GGP. Our uh, our machine this week is from Shar's Counterattack, and we are mostly discussing that. Um, not much plot implications, just a mechanical discussion. Uh, there is discussion of spin-offs from things such as the side story Advance of Zeta, and uh, a little bit of conversation about F91, which GGP has covered, but I know not as many Gundam fans have checked out uh, Gundam F91. So if either of those are problems for you, uh, there is a little bit of spoiler here, but not too bad. Um, and if you're GGP safe, you are totally good here. Please enjoy the episode. Hello, friends and folks, and welcome back to Mechanista in G. This is our podcast where we talk about the mobile suits and mobile armors of Gundam. I'm Six Detmar from Scanline Media. I'm Dylan from Online. Dylan, mm-hmm. we have quite the document. We do. I, I submitted it to, to another, to a friend of mine for approval, and they equated it to pornography, which... Uh, seemed a little much to me, but... I mean... <sighs> Depends on your views? I could, I, could, I could see why someone would say that. You should probably load it up. I, I mean, there are no images. Up. There are no images. No, it's just a... I mean, it's just a spreadsheet. It's just a spreadsheet and some names and then... Things we also want to talk about with suits. But, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah. So shall I go ahead and roll the 1d6 to see what table we're working from? Yes, let's do that. Okay, reminder, 1 to 2, early UC, 3, late UC, 4, very late UC, 5, after colony, 6, future century. Uh, We're working with late UC. Late UC, okay. So this will be our first late UC one. Mm -hmm. It's our first non-early UC one, honestly. Oh, yeah, Um, yeah. Well, I mean, except for our bonus episode well, last week. Yeah, but that that was uh, weighted towards uh, not doing early UC. Yeah. So, but in fact, it was so heavily weighted that it was not possible for us to do early look, UC. Look, it look, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, so this is right now, given the state of the Great Gundam Project, this is just Char's counterattack, which means we only have six suits here. Oh, yeah, I forgot that, yeah, there's a difference between late UC and late late UC, duh. Um, yeah, yeah, no, no, I, there's a separate table that has, you know, F91 and, you know, and uh, Victory and all that, all that jazz. Yeah, okay. All right, um, well, let's... So this is just another 1d6. Yeah, let's see what we get on there, then. I, I, these will all be fun to talk about, so... Mm-hmm. Well, except for one of them. Uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about the Alpha Azeru. Okay, okay, that's good. I was worried we were going to get the Rigazi and I was going to be sad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we're getting our first mobile armor. All right, the Alpha Azeru. Hmm, trying to think of my presentation for it. <clears throat> um, 
The Alpha Zero is a mobile armor used by Shor's forces uh, during Shor's counterattack. Uh, specifically, it is piloted by Quest, Pariah. Um, it is a pretty neat machine. Uh, it It's one of the ones I like because it leans into... So it's a mobile armor, as we mentioned, but it's not like... So normally when you think of a mobile armor, you think of something that doesn't have a humanoid shape. Um, this actually is interesting to me because the Alpha Zero, most of its body is designed like a standard mobile suit. It's just it doesn't have legs and it doesn't have arms. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's got a head, it's got a torso that has two vents on the chest, it's got a giant set of like front skirt armor, it's got a giant rear skirt. Um, instead of a, instead of legs, it just has two giant propellant tanks. And then where the arms are, it's just got two little guns hanging off the end. Um, it's it's a very neat suit, though, in terms of uh, design in regards to, like, feeling almost... I, 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 I know, I don't think it has a direct relation to it, but it, it actually is a suit that very often, uh, just because of, like, you know, giant skirt and all that, kind of reminds me of the Zeong in some ways. Um, hmm. Well, and I do think a lot of like um, whether or not it has a direct relationship, a lot of its armaments and stuff are def are definitely part of that. You can see the lineage of the W seventy nine like new type use uh, mobile armors and the Zeong, which is sort of the evolution of those designs, mm-hmm. uh, because the Alpha Zero does have some some weapons taken from those. Yeah. Like, even though it doesn't have arms, even, like, the little guns that are on wires that are on each of the end of its little, you know, I guess you could s- shoulders, um, they have five barrels. Well, it does actually, it does actually have arms. Uh, oh, yes, okay. They, they fold in. Yes, okay, I did forget about that. It does have foldy arms. Um, but, yeah, uh, the, the guns, though, at the end of the shoulders, uh, they do have five little barrels so they're even kind of like the finger guns on the uh zeong in that way um Mm -hmm. and then obviously it has uh my my favorite element of the zeong that needs to be included in more suits uh just having a mouth cannon (laughs) uh yeah just fuck it just just you know, like listen, the um we have the term that came from uh the uh like the the Gundam versus series, like extreme, you know, the, all, all that of Girobi, which means like laser vomit, right? Yeah. And uh, this is literally laser vomit. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh God, it does have the two. Okay, I had to look it up. A picture of it with claws deployed. I completely forgot it has two little like, uh, like sort of they're they're weird little claws. I like them. I I wish mm, we had like. Mm. Wish we had like a proper scale model of it that wasn't just the problem with mobile armors is mobile armors frequently get uh toys sometimes and they'll get models but the models are all really small because they tend to make them well not always but a lot of them tend to run on the smaller side because they're not going to be in scale with like you know your standard uh high grades and all that like you have uh, 1/550th scale, which came out in 1988, so probably not worth really picking up. And then you have the. Um, it's like the size of your thumb. 1/400th. Uh, let me take a look. I'm gonna because I'm sure. Uh, a resource for modelers. Uh, I'm sure Dalong of Dalong.net does actually have uh, both uh, Alpha Zeros, and I'm very curious to see how 
big they are. The 1 400th might be decently sized. 1 550th, I imagine, is kind of small. Okay, you know what? Alpha Zero's big, god. It's kind of... <laughs> given that it's in a sh in a movie that has so many big, um, like, you know, mobile suits in it, forget, this thing's massive. <laughs> oh, yeah, Jesus. That's the, uh, I, I linked it in the chat there. But uh, a one four hundredth scale is actually a bit taller than a master grade. Um, it's pretty big. <laughs> um, but, but, but my asterisk here, I still don't like owning tiny versions of like smaller versions of mobile armors. I want them to be with the suits. So, I I would probably yeah, never yeah. buy it. But I wish that there existed a one one forty fourth alpha zero. Actually, mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. has me wondering. Because, see, I always thought, you know what it is? It's those propellant tanks. That's what makes it so big to me. Yeah. Um, so, the Alpha Zero at the bottom, like I mentioned, it doesn't have legs. It has just two giant uh, little detachable tanks. Um, I mentioned that they're detachable because that is important. Because there are a lot of times where you will see the Alpha Zero in games and other things where it actually already has the, um, the pods detached, the uh, little... Uh, propellant tanks um and it's kind of like the perfect zeong right where you know you look at the zeong and you think huh you know it's pretty big it's beefy but because it doesn't have legs you know it's actually a little like bit shorter from the head to the bottom of it than like the gundam right but suddenly you throw legs on it and it is huge and the more i'm looking at like the alpha zero like even on that one i posted it's like okay it looks really tall and big there then I realized, oh wait, you chop off those propellant tanks, and you are dealing with something about the size I was thinking. Um, mm -hmm. It's just a very easy thing to be lost in, in, in the mind. Uh, and also, it's a situation where, um, like, those, um, those tank, like, the, the back skirt and the tanks can sort of, like, fold back, so, like, when it's flying, those will often be, like, folded behind it, so it won't seem as tall. Yeah, that as well, yep. Um, kind of like, uh, um, not Char's counterattack technically, but Beltor Chica's children related. Um, the two propellant tanks on the inside of the Nightingale skirt armor do the same thing, where they. I don't know what there. that is. Oh, you don't but... know about the Nightingale? <laughs> oh, well. I mean, I think I think I've seen it on a character select in you know like a versus game, but no, I don't. know Oh shoot! Okay, and well we'll save that for a Sazabi episode or something since there's right, only six right. yet. But um, mm -hmm. needless to say, just a small comparison for those who can't look it up. Um. The Nightingale, though, does uh, actually have some similarities to this. Um, huh. But yeah, the, the Alpha Zero's uh, neat, though. Um, besides, so it is loaded to the teeth with weapons because mm -hmm. um, it's got a mouth gun, it's got a chest gun, it's got the two little wired thingies on the arms, and it's got funnels. Yes, we finally get, we finally get a mobile suit with funnels. Well, a mobile armor, but a, a unit with funnels. Yeah. Funnels are... <sighs> okay, so you... Do you think you're an overall mecha scholar? Like, what I, what I want to ask here is what, like... I feel like, to my knowledge, funnels were sort of a Gundam innovation. Um, Are they a pre-existing <sighs> mecha thing that I just don't know so my history well enough? The problem is... I don't tend to go that much earlier than Gundam in terms of, like, what I know. Mm. Not because I dislike it. I actually, like, I really like Getter Robo, for instance. Um, But I just, 
I don't tend to watch a lot of the older shows either just because, you know, don't really have the time to find them or just other things I'm interested in at the time. So I couldn't say if bits originated in something prior to Gundam. Um, Mm. I couldn't say for sure. Now, I will say that I am sure that most shows that use bits that are not Gundam were probably inspired by Gundam, though. For sure, for Especially sure. given that, not only, so bits are the generic term that you use for them, there are some things right. that also just use the term funnels, and that's something that is, see, at least with bits, you have, like, a video game precedent, so you could kind of look at other things, like, oh, you know, maybe they got them from, like, a... So, like gradius you know you have plausible deniability yeah uh when, when when you have a game that's coming out that's a mecha game that just uses the term funnels um you know what they're drawing from because <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh that that term is a lot like less in the uh the the mass parlance of uh mecha um that t- tends to be just the uh gundam thing and so funnels are basically like um at, at least you know we'll get we'll get instances as we go through where um various Gundam shows use these in different ways we will see different variants but it's at its most basic level a funnel is basically a uh individually like like operating a uh, remote weapon with a gun on it yeah uh basically uh for those who are watching this or, li- or sorry i should say listening to this who have not watched a gundam with funnels in it a funnel is imagine if you had a, a a gun in your hand now imagine if instead of using that gun with your hand it was just floating around <laughs> with mm-hmm. your mind that is what a funnel is um but yeah um they've also you know tend sometimes in modern uh things they tend to be referred to as like drones that kind of thing um but yeah they're basically little Little things that fly off and shoot without you having to be there. Um, Mm -hmm. And they are... I would say, you know, when we get, like, the Elmeth introduced, they're a pretty huge deal because, you know, you're you're looking at the giant giant Elmeth firing them out, and then you're also looking at all these little things shooting at you all around you. It's like being surrounded by bees. It's not fun. Yeah, it's, well, bees with beam rifles. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it's not like, I mean, you know, we, we played some, since the last recording, we played some uh, Gundam Extreme Maxi Boost on, and uh, in that, you, you also liken the funnels there to bees, and in that, they actually are like bees, right? Yes. Because you're all in, you're all in these Gundams, and it's a fighting game, and funnels don't do that much damage. But in the canon of Gundam, funnels fucking hurt. I mean, yeah, uh, especially earlier on, you know, if a funnel shoots you, it's firing a beam, it's generally just going to put a hole in your armor, if not blow up whatever it hits. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, it depends on the machine. They've sometimes been shown with variable, like, amounts of power. But generally speaking, um, if you're in a, a normal-ass suit and y- your opponent is using a funnel, uh, you are probably dead. Because... There are many of them, and there is one of you, and you get shot once, and your mobile suit is now falling apart. <laughs> yeah, it feels like the funnel was sort of, was, was um, I mean, one, designed as a way to capitalize on the abilities of new types, right? Yeah. But also built to address the idea of, like, so, you know, there's the classic idea of, like, a you know, a, a fight, a warrior can only win a battle that they're in, right? Mm-hmm. Like, 
if you have you know they they can destroy whoever they're fighting but they can only fight so many people at a time and with funnels you can just exponentially increase how many people you're fighting at once yeah and so if you are fighting people who are not a problem for you to deal with if you have nine funnels you can kill nine times as many people at once yeah like you know um the thing is also uh it means that they don't have to look at you because see i i imagine what is and this you know is usually shown in animation when a pilot sees them being surrounded by things firing beams, rather than looking at the thing controlling at them, they're going to be looking at, oh, what are all these little things firing beams at me? I have to get rid of them, which is going to distract you now when, uh, in the case of something like the Alpha Zero, the giant mobile armor is also firing a bunch of things at you. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Um, so even, uh, ironically enough to liken it to the video game, um, even if a funnel isn't killing someone, uh, what it can be used for, much like in Gundam Extreme Versus, is a movement tool, as in forcing people to have to move or pay attention to something else. Um, it's kind of funny how that ends up working out. Obviously, different contexts, but, you know, even, even if a funnel doesn't kill someone, uh, the fact that they're now avoiding it is going to make them an easier target. So, um, they're mm-hmm. pretty insidious little weapons. But uh, a lot of suits I like have them. I think they're kind of mm-hmm. rad. <laughs> they're they're pretty they're pretty sick, and I I am also excited for talking about um, future shows where we see. I mean, like even even here from from Shara's Counterattack, we'll talk about the new Gundam, which uh, finds multiple uses for funnels, um, and we'll see other instances of that as we go. Mm-hmm. However, not for not for the Alpha Zero. The Alpha Zero, uh, it feels weird to say just, but just sends these little drones out to murder everyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They just, they fly around, uh, they hit a Jigen, and much like everything else, and see, the problem with Shars Counterattack also is, um, with how warfare is depicted, generally speaking, uh, it feels like everything is made of paper mache in Shars Counterattack, because mm. something gets hit by a beam, and it just gets ripped in half. Jigens, uh, Giridogas, uh, sometimes the battleships. I think a lot about, you know, uh, just as a little prelude to the Alpha Zero, you know, when Quest is in the Yagdoga, firing a uh, Gatling gun at a ship and just watching it be torn to shreds. Um, you know, things like, uh, that, that, things in that movie like to fall apart, so the funnels, uh, that show up in that movie get to do a lot of work. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I also, we, we sort of skated past it, but, um, I actually, I actually like wire guns more than funnels. I think there's, I find, I find wire guns so cool. Mm -hmm. So, uh, the other guns that this has are, uh, they don't refer to them as an incom here, but they're, they're incoms. Uh, incom is generally Mm -hmm. the term used for a wired weapon that can be used by, Sometimes by a non... It, it, it gets weird. It gets weird. Sometimes it's used by non-new types. Sometimes it's just a new type use weapon. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, incoms are wired weapons that do the same idea as a funnel, but they are on wires, uh, and thus are easier to control. Um, and um, i trying to think. I mean, obviously the earliest examples of incoms are actually a lot of the new type weapons we see in first Gundam, things like the uh, Bra Bros guns that launch off. Right. Or, right. Um, hell, the Zeong's arms themselves are on wires. Um, right. Cause the- and it's it, it's such a, like, honestly, I, th- I think it's, it's, 
you know, funnels I'll feel like a a leap in like technology in a way that's really impressive, right? But like wire guns kind of aren't. Like nope. <laughs> there's there's if you think about it, technologically speaking, there's no reason that the Gundam's beam rifle couldn't just have a power cable plugged into the back of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that because this is something I can go into in great detail when we, uh, if we ever get to Advance of Zeta, but there are actually some other things in Gundam that realized, wait a minute, if we can just slap a wire and, like, you know, some, like, maneuvering verniers onto a weapon, why couldn't we just make everything an incom? <laughs> oh shit <laughs> and uh didn't it, know that. it actually comes up a lot in uh advancing zeta um in in that it's more like a quote-unquote they tend to call them quote-unquote winch units uh they're incoms hmm. they're just incoms by another name though it's the same idea True. you are throwing a weapon around that is attached to a wire that is able to maneuver for itself um hmm. incoms are fun they're uh great I, I i i tend to like a lot of like the weird like weapons where it's like oh uh time to launch an all range attack type thing i i just i think they're cool um mm-hmm. but yeah so the alpha zero i guess for this show is introducing a lot of technologies we haven't gotten to talk about um also the funnels a, a thing to realize on the alpha zero two when we mention funnels so normally funnels like in prior shows are they're not like small small like the elements are huge in first gundam but like you know the cubelays are pretty decently small when you realize the scale that the alpha zero is operating at like its funnels are like mm-hmm. the size of like the sazabi's head <laughs> they're pretty big yeah they're significant um just as just as a minor thing to mention just on the uh, alpha zero uh that i was thinking about because i realized as i'm staring at the nine funnels on the back of the skirt i'm like wait a minute given the size of that thing oh god those are huge <laughs> They're basically mm-hmm. little fighters at that point. Um, I mean, this is this is also our first time with a Saikamu, isn't it? Yes. So, uh, Saikamu. Uh, how how do I want to describe the Saikamu system? It is uh, generally used by. It is a thing put into a machine uh, that is meant for new types that basically receives brain waves and is able to uh, interpret like things the mobile suit does out of them. Like it's basically mm-hmm. controlling it with your brain. Um, it's a it's a it's a it's a BMI. It's a brain machine interface for new types. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know that's how they talk about you know they are able to control funnels with these because something you may know about the Universal Century, um, the presence of Minovsky particles actually is why there are so many. Um, it will one. It's one of the reasons there is an excuse for mobile suits, and it's also why mobile suits. Generally, unless they have a lot of missiles, don't use missiles and stuff. Like, guided weapons don't work well because there's a lot of radio interference caused by Minovsky particles. Same reason why you get the classic, uh, when mobile suits are communicating to one another generally, they have to do the touch communication or, like, attaching, like, a wire. It's because Mm -hmm. there's interference. Um, because this is using, like, the brainwaves, I've always... It basically is a way for them to be like, oh, they are able to use these remote weapons without Minovsky interference. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that's another reason why they're such a big deal, because see, one, one might go, oh, wait, well, if, if any, you know, if they can make these, why don't they just make, you know, them for not new types? That sounds like it would be easy. Well, there is an in-universe explanation also. It's 
Um, besides the act of controlling all of them at once being rather difficult, because, you know, if you were manually controlling nine different little fighters, even if all they really do is move and shoot, it would be difficult. Um, yeah. That's another reason the Psycho Mew exists is, oh, well, they're using their brain to do mm -hmm. this. Um, and uh, the... So I'm trying to think. Yeah, no, nothing we've covered so far has had like a Psychomu system, though. Um, and so the Alpha Zero, obviously, in having funnels and having like wired weapons and such, um, does. Now, not every suit. So this is the thing that comes up with incoms, I believe, is not every single suit that uses incoms or wired weapons has to have a Psychomu in it because one of the things is it has a wire, so it has a link mm -hmm. to the mobile suit. There's no worry about radio interference when you're on a wire. Um, but, right, yeah. right. But that doesn't also discount a suit from having it. For instance, we mentioned the Xeong. The Xeong does have, you know, the hands that are on wires. However, it still has a Psychomu system for those. So, it just depends. It's a suit-by-suit suit thing. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um... You, ima you imagine, I mean, like, it just probably, it probably just makes it a lot easier if it has one of those. Yes, for like, sure. It's a very, it's a very, even, you know, incoms are just a hard weapon to operate without the assistance of a psychomu. Oh, yeah. Trying to imagine, again, thinking about it, like, in, like, you, you think about a game like Steel Battalion, which tried doing, like, mecha controls uh, on, on, like, an actual, like, console interface of you, you know, messing with this mm -hmm. giant complex controller with, like, 64 buttons. And it's like, okay, now how do you account for two two things that have to detach and operate uh, manually? Um, I, th I think leaning in on uh, brainwaves control them is probably a lot better than uh, trying yeah. to figure out how someone could uh, be doing that. Because there are already a lot of people that have a little bit of a hard suspension of disbelief for mobile suit controls. Um, sure, sure. Probably gets a little harder with stuff like that. Of course, it's a mecha show. It doesn't matter, uh, is what I would tell those people. It all matters. You're fired. <laughs> the, the funniest thing uh, uh, for me is always that even though I get really into the silly technical nerd nonsense, um, I do acknowledge, as you may have seen there, a lot of it is nonsense. It's just fun nonsense for me. Sure, sure. Um, you know, uh, but there are some people that tend to take that stuff very seriously. So, mm -hmm. uh, so anyway, the Alpha Zero not really a lot much else to say on it um i do like that uh its backpack is kind of like a giant rocket um and is able to mm -hmm. like fold down over the head so it looks even more non-humanoid um when it's all folded up and ready to launch it just looks like a standard mobile armor and then it kind of opens up and you know is like oh hey there's kind of a normal mobile suit in there mm -hmm. kind of um, I like the Alpha Zero though. It's it's a neat machine. I also like its color scheme. I know it's weird. It's like a sort of beige with red. Um, mm -hmm. and then you have like a bright white for the uh, or possibly a silverish for the um propellant tanks, like the little rings on them. Uh, mm -hmm. I think it's a neat. I just think it's a neat color scheme because you don't really get like t tan and red like that, and then like the contrast of like it having like the green eyes and all of its beams being shown as like the greenish color. Mm -hmm. I, I just think it's neat, <laughs> and I think it's a good it's a good color of beige, right? Like there's just mm -hmm. a good there's a good tint to it. Um, yeah, the the Alpha Zero I just think is a really cool it's a really cool armor. 
Um, I, I feel like, I mean, it's one of the things, since we're talking about our first mobile armor, I feel like a thing, like, there are... I feel like there are basically two general types of mobile armors that, that Gundam tends to use, right? Uh-huh. There are the ones that are like, he, he, I'm going to decimate regular forces, and there are ones that are like, I'm so fucking sick of the Gundam. Um, <laughs> and to me, this seems like the former. Yes, this is definitely a... This is something you put on the battlefield, and it just wipes away uh, an entire swath of uh, enemies. Uh, rather than being something specifically designed to battle like one other really strong mobile suit, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean, you know, the idea with most mobile armors would be yeah, we're this is just something that we can put on the field, have one person pilot. Sure, it's more expensive than a mobile suit, but if it kills ten mobile suits, why waste time with ten of our own mobile suits that would be evenly matched? Why not just put one of these on the field? Right. You right. Know? Um, and yeah, a lot of mobile armors tend towards that, especially when you start getting into, like, really, like, you know, we're going to put, like, psychomi weaponry and stuff on them. Those are just designed for destruction more so than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for some fun variants of it, um, besides the Alpha Aziru, we also have, uh, originally from Mobile Suit, uh, Gundam, Shars, Counterattack, Mobile Suit, Variations, uh, we have the Beta Aziru. Um, mm-hmm. And the Beta Aziru is... <laughs> so I already did the comparison to the Nightingale. Well, this is even more Nightingale-like. Um, the Beta Aziru is a much more... <laughs> at, at an initial glance, seems like a lot more of a... Um, you know mobile armor type thing because it's got these like big rockets attached to the back of it it's basically just a red alpha zero though um it's still got like the little sub arms it's still got like the beams basically just has some extra guns put on it and uh i guess it has 10 plus funnels it's a thing where we don't have the exact number so it's always one of those ah Time to look at this old art and count how many we see things. <laughs> those, those are always uh, the most fun weapons with Gundam, is when something is not used on screen, or is just not in anything that's animated. It's just like, okay, until a video game uh, gives us a definitive thing or something else, it's like, okay, well, time to just kind of look at it and count and kind of guess where things are. It's kind of like what we mentioned with the um, the explosive bolt on the um, full armor Hyakushiki Kai. Uh, on the Hiyakushiki episode, it's very much the, uh, we kind of know what all those things' weapons are, and we know where most of them are, but, um, you know, the the way it's designed, uh, and different games have depicted different things, so it kind of becomes a little weird. Mm -hmm. Um, It does have a, have a eye-field barrier. Yes, it does have an eye-field. Which is a technology that I don't like. Oh, you don't like eye-fields? And they just, they just... I, I don't think they are, like, there are interesting defensive technologies, and an eye field is just, oh, wait, this doesn't happen. See, an eye field, it's just someone saying no. <laughs> I, <laughs> I like eye fields because I like barriers that are orbs, and they are always depicted as being circular and showing a beam dissipate around them, and I think that looks really cool. Um, mm, that's valid. Uh, I just like orb barriers. Uh, now, to be fair, yes, there are cooler things you can do. Um, hell, there are cooler things you have happen in CCA, depending on how you feel about uh, the new Gundam. But um, anyway, the uh, 
the, the I, I like Ifields. Um, I'm actually surprised now that I think about it that the original Alpha Zero does not have one, given that. Uh, yeah. It's kind of a classic for oh, we're making something really big. Let's also make it immune to beams. You know, starting yeah, with like the like, big and, and also and also the Alpha Zero feels like a very classic. Like, okay, let's just let's make this as expensive as possible. Let's just put every piece of tech we've got on it. You know. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I'm actually the the realization that the beta is Zero has it, but not the Alpha is just like my head going, oh wait a minute, yeah, why doesn't the Alpha Zero have that? Because um, and it, we'll probably talk about it in another episode at some point, but you know, your typical like later mobile armors where they're like you know big expensive machines generally are like, well, it's already big, it's already expensive, we may as well make it immune to beams for, unless you're up really close to it. Um, because what an eye field barrier does is, as I mentioned, generally displayed as a spherical barrier, um, and beams bend around it. Um, it basically makes it so you cannot shoot it from a distance. Uh, so some would say the best solution for a beam rifle is uh, to avoid being shot, uh, which would be to just move out of the way. Um, uh, the eye field makes it so instead, uh, it doesn't matter if people are shooting at you. Um, yeah, I I prefer the boom beam move out of my way. Actually, thank <laughs> you. Um, the eye fields um, are typically only fully covering on larger mobile suits or well, mobile armors, I should say. Um, on mobile suits, there are some mobile suits with eye fields, and they are generally mixed in what they do. Like some of them, it only surrounds the cockpit and like the important parts, but like it would like if you fired in an arm on it, it would still shoot the. Um, just because there have to be a smaller scale, but again, very dependent on the series and how much power they want to put into their main Gundam. Uh, but typically in, in a lot of animated things, uh, only something as big as like a mobile armor is going to have it. And it's generally going to cover the whole thing. They don't put them on battleships as often as I think they should, given how often battleships get torn. That's just me. It feels like there's a grand conspiracy in Gundam to keep to keep battleships shitty because <laughs> the tech is yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, you look at any number of tech that you can put on a mobile armor or a mobile suit, and you go, "Huh, that would probably be useful on a battleship." And I mean, a lot of ships in Gundam just—they're like, "No, that's fine." Um. Clearly, the solution is just not to have battleships. But um, I mean, I guess there could be an argument made that generating an eye uh, field that covered an entire battleship would be huge, would be very expensive, cost a lot of power, and okay. it makes more sense to have a battleship be a inexpensive piece of metal that carries smaller, I mean, harder to hit, powerful weapons. They are, yeah, they're basically just carriers at that point. Uh, they could mm-hmm. still put one around the bridge, given how often we see the bridge get sniped out, though. Let's be real. Or or do a battle bridge. Sure. Bridges in Gundam drive me nuts, because I, I absolutely despise <laughs> the idea of, we're gonna have the bridge just sticking out of the top uh, as a clear target. Like, I just, it bugs me. I think that well, there are cooler ship designs you can do. Dylan, you just said it yourself. It's cool. Don't get bogged down. It's cool. Mm. It looks good. No, it doesn't. No, they look like big boats. No, no, the, no, that was the thing. I was saying that there are much cooler ways to do it alternatively. I, I, I will complain about something if I think it's also just not cool. I, All right. I am a person full of biases, and my bias is against battleships. Um, <laughs> um, wow. 
Wow. But uh, other variant we have is, um, and actually, real quick, because people might be going into this having not watched post-CCA, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about Gundam F91. So if you have not watched Gundam F91, uh, this is not directly related to the plot of F91, but I will be mentioning plot elements, uh, and this is just a side story suit that pops up in some video games. Um, but I think that that was sufficient warning, plus we'll probably put a warning or... Yeah, right. Uh, we have the Abiru Doga, the XMA-02 Abiru Doga. So this is from SD Gundam G-Generation. It is a Crossbone Vanguard-developed mobile armor based on the Alpha Aziru. Um, what? can't really tell from what? looking at it. Yeah, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's from the era of weird SD Gundam variants that are kind of like... They exist. Um, I don't know what the original story of it even was, like what the first SD Gundam it appeared in was. It, um, the, the wiki, which is unreliable as always, uh, <laughs> does list uh, G-Generation spirits. Uh, given the art I'm seeing here, I could, I could believe that. I could believe G-Generation spirits being the first one. G-Generation spirits is a G-Generation for the PS2 that features only the Universal Century. Um, much to some people's chagrin at the time, because uh, you had already had prior games like G-Generation F that had, uh, you know, a lot of mobile suits in them, and then when they did the big engine change into modern graphics, uh, instead of being a crossover game, it was just UC. Funnily enough, this is repeated. (laughs) Hey, Dylan. Yeah? I'm looking at some art of the Ibiru Doga, and one of these doesn't call it the Ibiru Doga... Oh, oh, the evil Doga! <laughs> I just saw that. Yes. Um. Okay. Look. Uh, what? Actually, two of them call it the evil Doga because I just noticed. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, the uh, Games MSV version. I still don't actually know what magazine that's from. Uh, I have a whole collection of Games MSV pages though. Um. Uh. Yeah. So alternatively, it could be the evil Doga. So the Abiru Doga I is. I was uh, gonna say, can can a machine be evil? But of course it can. The well, Psycho Gundam is the devil's machine. <laughs> the 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 Abiru Doga. The fun thing it does is, uh, instead of having uh just funnels, it is also full of bugs. What the fuck are bugs? I mean, bugs from F ninety one. Oh uh, sure. The uh, you know, the thing that Reflesia launches in in order to uh mess up a colony. Um, yes. the little the little chainsaws that are like, yes, we will, instead of gassing a colony, we're going to send in little buzzsaws with guns on them to kill every single civilian. Um, yeah, uh, the Abiru, uh, Doga apparently is, ha- has bugs. Um, I don't know why it exists, honestly. I, 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 I get the feeling that Ishigaki was just working on a G-Generation game and was like, Hey, look at this cool thing I made, which, you know what, if you're making for a Gundam video game, I can admire an artist just deciding, okay, I'm just going to make something based on a different design and just, you know, you can give it a backstory if you want. Uh, This is such a weird looking machine, though. Um, But, oh, the only reason I brought up all that information about G-Generation is because uh, we recently had a game called G-Generation Genesis come out, as well as Crossrays, which did the same thing of oh, we're moving to a new engine, we're going to do all new animations, and because we're not recycling, 
uh, in the case of Genesis, it was all you see again, and that made people mad again. Um, and then you had Crossrays, which was the four major alternate universes, uh, Wing, IBO, um, Double O, and Seed, uh, mm-hmm. being the primary things that it drew from. Though it, it had a DLC that featured other units from the other AUs. Um, anyway, just bringing that up just because, fun fact, trivia. I mean, if you're on here, you probably like trivia if you're listening to us talk about mobile suits. Yeah. But, um... Another fun uh, Alpha Azero spinoff is actually not fun. I'm misleading you because I want to very briefly dishonorable mention to the Degamma Azero, which is <laughs> what if we gave it legs? You cowards. So this is from a card game called Gundam Triage. Gundam Triage has a lot of weird mobile suits as their original suits. There's actually a couple I quite like, though. Um, this is not one of them. Uh, yes, the Digamma Zero is... They gave an Alpha Zero normal arms instead of the uh, foldy claw arms, and then uh, oh, a right, pair of normal legs. normal arms, too. Ugh. Yeah, this is literally just a... Uh, this is just a perfect Alpha Zero, as it were, in Ugh. the case of the perfect Xeon. Um, yeah, Gun- uh, for, for anyone who doesn't know... In, in Gundam, perfect is code for you ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, it's, look, it's perfect. It has legs now, even though, as uh, our good friend Linguini Meadows told us, it's already operating at 100%. You don't need legs in space. You don't need them. Ah, <laughs> uh, God. I love Linguini Meadows. <laughs> a good a good friend uh needs- I, i'm glad i internalized that before i actually realized that that was a joke name given to him for being astonage's cousin <laughs> as we joked about in a G- in like you know the ggp chats and such i just my brain <laughs> i didn't even process that that could be a fake name someone made up for him i just thought his name was <laughs> linguini the whole time <laughs> Uh, but yes, uh the alpha zero did not need legs and they gave it legs and it looks worse for it um did they strip the funnels off of it too? It looks like they did because I don't see anything. Yeah, they did. The they sure did. Yeah. Um. Uh. Well, because I guess funnels don't work like don't work very. It's a it's intended to be ground use and obviously in atmo. Oh yes, time are... to build my freaking gra- stairs at the Alpha Zero. Yes, how could we make it work on the ground? I'm gonna blame the Eighth MS team fans for this. Fuck off. <laughs> um. <laughs> but. <laughs> Sorry, I had to throw shade somewhere, but, uh, yeah, um, uh, ugly machine. Terrible. Not much else to say about it. No. Actually, okay, I actually, I do like the color scheme. I, I'd be lying if I said I don't like the color. Actually, you know, oh, the color scheme. Wait a minute. Purple on purple, like lilac. This is just the Xeon. They are just doing a Xeon with it, aren't they? Because the color scheme is like the Xeon... Uh, the upper thighs on the legs don't have any armor frame, which uh, is sometimes done on some depictions of the perfect Xeong. Uh, its arms can launch off. This is just... Okay, no. They just decided to make an Alpha Zero even more inspired by a Xeong. Okay. I didn't even realize that until just now. <laughs> Boo. Anyway. Yeah, and I guess that about does it for uh, variants that we can mention related to the Alpha Zero. Um... And I guess that about wraps up the Alpha Zero 
for for once we're running uh oh no wait no never mind 42 minutes i misread that i was like oh hey look we actually had an episode go for our original planned time maybe no never no no this is uh, our new time we, we will continue to call this the 45 minute long 15 minute podcast though yeah no that's that's got to be the that's got to be the brand um <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess I didn't realize how much I liked the Alpha Zero until today, because it has, you know, Shara's Counterattack is just a movie. The Alpha Zero has so little screen time. Um, yeah, I mean, th- that's the thing with a lot of these designs, though, right? Is It's one reason I like looking at them with people like the way I do on the show, is because sometimes you don't gain a, enough of an appreciation just from the source material. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are designs I didn't like until I saw a model of it, or designs I didn't like until I read a bit more about it, you know. It's just, it's all robots, and it's, you know, never know what you're going to like with it. Sometimes the animation is not always the best, or sometimes, like in the case of the Alpha Zero, like you mentioned, it doesn't show up long enough to really leave, like, the same kind of impression that other things in the movie would. Mm -hmm. But then you sit down and you look at it, and you go, huh, you know, this is kind of cool. And if we have any uh, listeners who work for Sunrise, who have interactions with the Gundam brand... You need to go into a meeting room and you need to pitch Linguini Meadows' mobile suit variations where he just takes famous mobile suit designs and removes the legs. <laughs> yes, I want to see a gun tank good. with no legs. <laughs> um, well, I carry you a gun know, tank. <laughs> you think about that, given the way that it's put together, though, you could do that. Yeah? You could do that because... You would just need the core fighter to be attached to the gun tank half. I, see, does it plug into the gun tank half? I think it only plugs into the legs. Never mind. It, it, maybe it doesn't. Work. Well, in space, it would work. Well, no, no, no. I just I was thinking, I'm like, wait, when the uh, gun tank launches its core fighter, I was like, okay, wait. Um, I mean, I guess it wouldn't matter because you also have controls in the head of the gun tank. The gun tank is a weird machine. It's got a it cockpit sure block with a core fighter in it or a core block that has a pilot but also mm-hmm. it has a gunner in the top in the little you know the little flippy visor head mm-hmm. weird mm-hmm. anyway I, th- I guess you could make it work though i it's got to be able to operate without the 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 the, the gun tank quote-unquote b parts as it were the legs yeah um yeah just imagining a gun tank just kind of <laughs> floating around it well it has the backpack on it could you know, maybe it's not as bad in space as I thought. Maybe this could be a cost-effective maneuver. There you go. There you go. Throw See? away the ball. No ball anymore. Only top halves of a gun tank. <laughs> you know what would make the heavy arms' arms even heavier? If it didn't have legs. Uh, I mean, I guess you're technically right. <laughs> We're just talking in proportions. I guess you're right. Yeah. Imagine, imagine a Shenlong Gundam. Where just, <laughs> just no, see, what, no, 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 no. Hold on. What they needed to do to the Shenlong is, or the Ultron is, instead of having stretchy arms, it needed stretchy legs too. Clearly. Ooh. Like I a like terrible, this. Sounds like a terrible crossbone Gundam design. Now that the more I think about that, but you know. And then it could have like the thing where, like, you know how a lot of. I'm I'm not making this up, right? A lot of mobile suits like can magnetize to a surface with their feet, right? Uh, we we tend to, that tends to be the assumption, yeah. Uh, so you could have it so like the the stretchy Ultron can like dodge stuff by like extending its legs to a surface and then turning the magnets on and pulling its body to its legs. God, that would be that tricky. Looks so 
<laughs> on one hand, it lo- that is both cool, but on the other hand, the more I imagine it, the more cartoony and silly it looks, too. <laughs> yeah, it would be a nightmare. <laughs> God. Alright, well... Get, get Wufei to fucking, like, throw up <laughs> from dizziness in his cockpit. <laughs> he, he's too composed to ever do that. Uh. Uh. God. Alright, well... Complaining about woman, women in between his barbs. <laughs> Screaming coward at wolves. <laughs> uh. Screaming coward at the Dovin wolf. <laughs> All right, folks, that's it for this episode. Take uh, your dreadful memories with you. Uh, Dylan, where can people find you on the internet? I am at lowpolyrobot on twitter.com. Uh, not really anywhere else, so that's where you'll find me. All right, if you want to find me, I'm at twitter on Wow. I'm at Twitter on. I'm on Twitter at Six Detmar, S-I-X-D-E-T-T-M-A-R. Uh, pinned tweet there tells you about all my work. Uh, Scanlandmedia.com, patreon.com slash Scanlandmedia. All right. Uh, and cha- until next time, folks. I already did my se- I already did my sign off. Mine was uh, the Take Your Dreadful Memories with you. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say you can change the destiny. No one can change our destiny at this point. This is just our life making the, this show now. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> the real the real ending catchphrase of Shars Counterattack, but the world refused well, to change. <laughs> look, God, it, it does only say you can change your destiny. It doesn't say you will. Ah, uh, peace out, everybody. Sokoni Kaa